Well, it is summertime and the living is, well, getting a little strange. Next on Principles and Policies. Welcome to today's edition of Principles and Policies. I'm your host, Barry Sheets, the Executive Director of the Institute for Principles and Policy. And along with me today is our co-host, the Chairman of the Institute, my fellow analyst, and very good friend, Chuck Michaels. Every day you come on the air with us, every week is another gift, and we give we give thanks for it. Um, Absolutely. It's good to talk to you. It's good to hear your voice. And, even though uh, even though my voice is a little strained, you just have these days where you feel like everything's like piled up in on you, but you and I were talking about that offline. That could be something coming from our friends to the north. That's right. Our Canadian friends have a dandy wildfire going up in the uh, way up in the up north, and the uh, smoke is down here. In fact, in New York City, they've told people uh, if you pay attention on like your phone and you look at the air quality index, it's been really bad, like for quite some time. Well, that's because this fire is in a very remote place and they can't put it out. Uh, for, they really can't even get to it. So uh, we're paying the price. It's doing all kinds of weird stuff to me personally. Uh, I'm diabetic and I'm very sensitive to uh, environmental uh, stuff. It has to do with the fact that I burn a wood stove. <laughs> and I've had some issues with uh, with uh, the chimney uh, um being backed up with creosote and sending smoke into the room and whatever else. But when I have these environmental factors, it messes up my blood sugar, which it, it's been messed up for a couple weeks. And that's about how long this wildfire is going. But in New York city, they're warning people to not go out and walk around and do things because of the air quality index. And if I were a mayor of New York, I'd say, don't go out and do things because it's just simply dangerous to live here. Well, yeah, New York City is a dangerous place. So has has very little to do with the air quality. It has to do with the uh, the quality of just living and moving in that city. Yeah, the quality but, of life. Uh, my cousins, uh, I have two cousins who grew up in New York, uh, grew up on Manhattan. Um. And we used to visit them in their apartment there, uh, stay for a week or two. Um, and uh, um, both of them have said, I'm done with New York. I'm never going back. And and my the, my female cousin, Andrea, is a New yep. York girl. I mean, she is a New York girl. She, she was kind of a fashionista and she liked all the stuff. And she goes, it's just become awful. It's unlivable, which it has. Yeah. Um, and that had nothing to do with the air quality, which ha is plenty bad there. It always has been, <laughs> but it's, it's much worse now. Yeah. And that's a shame, but you know, that's the reason why we try to live out in the country. At least I do is avoid all that city stuff because frankly, I, I like, I like being simple. I, I like the simple life. You know, I don't, I don't need all the flash and amenities and all that good stuff. Uh, you know, just, God points you in the right direction and tells you what to do, and you try to do it. Now, are you now, admitting to being a simpleton? Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> I, you know, I have I have no delusions about myself. All the things that I do have that are any kind of praiseworthy or good, 
come directly from God and he should get the praise and the glory for it, not me. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of like people, oh, you did this and this. Not, not really. I, I, I just simply let the Holy Spirit guide me in doing that and it worked out. Yep. So, um, yeah, there, oh, wow. This week we got, man, tons of stuff going on. We've got all these people nobody's heard of and nobody ever wanted to hear from again, getting ready to run for president. Well, that's true. I mean, it's, okay. if you look right now in any news, uh, outlet that, uh, you, you choose, whether that's, you know, the right, the left, the center, all you're getting is everybody jumping in and deciding that they're going to be saying how horrible everybody else is except them. Now, Chuck, there's an old saying that I use that if you do something, if you, if you, okay, let me, let me go back here. Go for it. If, if, if someone like a politician ask you to do something or refrain from doing something, the first question you always should ask is, how does it benefit them? What benefit? What what advantage do they get by getting you to do something for them or to not do something? And of course, you got a lot of people right now who are jumping in saying, "Don't vote for Donald Trump," or "Do vote for me," or "Let me be the guy who pushes all the buttons and rings all the bells in Washington D.C." And it's just. It's laughable at this point. Um, we've had, what, at least six, uh, quote-unquote, announcements from politicians that, well, a few people may have heard of some of these, but I'll guarantee you very few people know, and I'm among them, Simpleton, uh, <laughs> about some of these guys that are jumping in, like, what, the governor of North, you Dakota. Know, North Dakota yeah, or or the former governor of Alabama, or, you know, Asa Hutchinson. and oh, you, you, Arkansas. You, oh, Asa, Arkansas, thank yeah, you. Asa Arkansas. Hutchinson, Arkansas. Yeah. Um, you know, or you got Chris Christie, who has tried before and was laughed out of the race. I'm assuming he just likes being laughed at. Um, and, of course, you're going to have others who are wanting to jump in. You've already had, like, Tim Scott, Ron DeSantis, um, you know, uh, Nikki Haley, who yeah, here, here's the is list. Doing all this stuff. Yeah, here's the list. Okay. Ron DeSantis. Yep. And a, a, let's start with Trump. Trump is a, an announced candidate for president. So he's running. They're he's doing in. their best to trip him up with uh, these phony baloney uh, uh, um, indictments and, and these things that are on the same caliber as the second impeachment. Okay, so we got Trump, we've got uh, Mike Pence, who was the uh, vice president, sadly. Uh, right, I, I, yeah, he jumped in. As well. Ron DeSantis, uh, Doug Burgum, that's the governor of North Dakota. Okay. Chris Christie. Um. 1% Chris, as he was known in the, in, uh, uh, 2016, um, Asa Hutchinson, who was the former governor of Arkansas, as you said before, Nikki Haley, mm -hmm. 
former UN ambassador and and a former South Carolina governor and a rhino extraordinaire. Right. Tim Scott of South Carolina, who, frankly, I don't think has all that much of a track record. Um, Not much. Okay, we'll, we'll get into this. Vivek Ramaswamy. Yes, I forgot about Ramaswamy. Yeah, and Larry Elder. Who, who for our listening audience, is from Ohio. Larry is? No, Vivek Ramaswamy. Oh, Vivek Ramaswamy, yeah. Yeah, he's from, like, Cincinnati area. Yeah, businessman has has deep pockets. Uh, has yep. has uh, um. Every time he talks, it's sort of like, where did that come from? Um, well, he's he's trying to out populist Trump. Right. He he's trying to run as hard to the right of Trump as he possibly can, but you can tell that it's unfamiliar ground for him. Well, sure. I mean, look, um, one thing Trump had, Trump had a media presence. And he still does. Yeah. And he still does. He, you know, he had that, he had that TV show for a long time. He knows how to work the press. Even sometimes I frankly think that when he gave some of these members of the press a spanking, he was working the press just fine. Um, you know, they resented the fact that, oh, what, what you did to, uh, Oh gosh, what was his name? The arrogant guy who uh uh Jim Acosta. Oh Jim Acosta. I was gonna say Jake Tapper, Jim Acosta. Yeah. Let's uh, let's go down the list. Uh but uh Acosta Brian, basically Brian they yanked, Seltzer. Yeah. Acosta they yanked his White House credentials and then he had to go to the court to get them back. Well, what's the court have to do with who hands out White House press credentials? Well, um, yeah, who knows? But yeah. uh they'll figure but, out a way. See, that's the other thing you got to start watching out for. And I'm going to say this flat out, Chuck. The left, progressive, uh, communist Democrats are wanting to destroy the legal system. Oh, Completely sure. They want to get rid of the U.S. Supreme Court because they're now seeing it as the source of all their troubles. Because Donald Trump got to appoint members to the judiciary who are, well... Let's put that with say their track record is kind of a mix of, of things. Conservatives don't like them and liberals don't like them either. But but the point is is that if they can get away with the rule, if they can destroy the rule of law, right. you basically, you know, you have instituted complete anarchy in the system, and then therefore whoever has the most power and force can control the system. Well, and, for, for years, the left has been doing its best to make sure that a left-leaning Supreme Court got as much power and authority as they could usurp from Congress and the executive branch. And as soon as that uh, power and authority started going toward what they consider to be more right-leaning right. justices, all of a sudden it's like, we got to shut it all down. we got to shut it all off. We've got to have congressional oversight. Until such time, of course, as the conservatives are more in charge in Congress, well, we can't have that either. So we we better just, they're actually speaking in terms of we're going to have to impeach some of these justices. Remember, we, we talked, have talked about that for decades. And in fact, now all of a sudden, oh, we got to impeach Thomas because he, he, he went on a fishing trip with one of his friends, uh, seriously, who, who gave, gives money to the Republican Party. 
of all the drivel of all the nonsense but oh yeah the, i mean it's it's complete if you look we we're living in the land of strange go pick up a uh, lewis carroll fantasy you know <laughs> alice in wonderland alice whatever wonderland. you know yeah. alice through the looking glass yep and just read it and laugh because we're living in this right now we're living in orwell's 1984 we're living in brave new world because we have lost the ability to think. Our education system has failed us for a hundred years. We have lost the ability to be logical. We have lost the ability to be reasonable. We have lost the ability to understand that there is a thing called absolute truth that comes directly from God. And that it is the underlying foundational base for everything that we must do. And for those who want to take that and throw it off and say, well, no, we like writing legislation and having 10,000 laws that nobody can live up under because they all contradict each other because human beings can't think straight. Well, that's right. And, and, and really, uh, you're right. It's the rule of law that's under attack. And we've known that, uh, we saw that it really ramped up under Obama. Um, yes, it, it was in, it was being built for decades and decades, if not over a century before that. Um, in, in fact, uh, um, uh, what you you're going from is a judicial tyranny to attempting to completely strip the judiciary of being having any authority at all. Right. Um, exactly. And, um, that's not going to work out for the country, well, but a whole lot okay. of this isn't going to work out for the country. Who is your lawgiver? Yes, exactly. Who is your lawgiver? And that's the question we have to answer. The source of law in your culture is the, it is where you're going to be at. And if God and his rule and his scripture is not our source of law, we are lost. And we will be hung around, you know, what's the old saying uh, from Benjamin Franklin? Oh, if yes. we do not all hang together, we shall surely hang separately. Yeah, surely, gentlemen, if we do not hang together, we shall certainly hang separately. Exactly. But that's the, but so now we have all of these people running, um, trying to get in there to be because they feel that they want to control the source of law. You know, if you only let me make all the shots, then we'll get back to this halcyon heyday of greatness in, in America. Well, you know, we've never been that great. Um, it's very, very rare, and you've seen it throughout history, and if you read your scriptures, You've seen it throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament of cultures that say, yeah, we'll follow you, God. We'll do it. And like five minutes later, we're going to do our own thing. You know, I, my, my, my boys like lead Bible studies uh, online for some of their colleagues. And it's always, OK, here's here's the, the uh, Hebrews going to, you know, God comes down like to Moses, gives him the Ten Commandments. We will do all that you say will, that, that you want us to do, God. And then five minutes later, they're making a golden image of a calf. Right. It didn't take long at all. 
same thing in the desert. They're, they're being given sustenance in the desert. They're wandering around. They've the, the Egyptian army has just been defeated by uh, by a wall of water, and they wander around the desert a little bit. And what do they what do they start? We're tired of this manna. Oh, how much better it would be if we had, we were still slaves in Egypt with full bellies. Right, um, because that was their god. Yes, uh, they were more worried about their belly, their 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 uh, you know the food that they were getting than they than they were about about following God out of that slavery and uh, being obedient to Him. So what do they? Then what does he do? He he says, "Oh, I'm going to give you meat, and you're when you're done, you're going to be sick." Yes. The, I, I believe the phrase is, "You're going to have the meat running out of your nostrils," which is pretty disgusting if you think about if it. If you think about it, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's exactly what he did. And then, uh, you know, they learned their lesson. Some some of them learned their lesson. You know, you you had. Things like Korah's rebellion, and uh, where uh, uh, essentially there was a revolt against Moses as the chosen leader of the people. And uh, what did God do? Well, He opened the earth and swallowed not only the men who were involved in the revolt, but their families. So yep. God does not fool around with this kind of stuff. Um, you know, uh, I've been giving you this fine manna, which is, uh, nobody knows what manna was, but it was, it was something completely edible and gave them all the energy and the, uh, uh, nutrition they needed to continue on in their march. And, uh, oh, we don't want this. We want some, we want good meat and vegetables and blah blah oh you're going to get meat man you're going to get meat to the point where you're going to be really sick and tired of it that's right exactly and that's what happened but we all have it look we all have a touch of this we all have have it in us um you know uh we think we've got it bad and we complain and then god makes it worse so you go you know gee that wasn't so bad after all can we can we go back to that before? Or I'll even take a little less, God. Uh, could do you think you can do that? And sometimes He blesses you and says, "No, no, no, we'll prosper you plus." And sometimes He takes you back to your. It depends on your attitude and whether how hard set you are on your repentance. That's true. And that's the hard thing to do, is to get hard set in that repentance. Um, you know, I know your circumstances are much worse than mine, but, you know, you, you seem to be walking with God and, you know, taking what he gives when he gives it. And, and, try, and try to make heads or tails of it because <laughs> sometimes, you know, and I'm not saying this is no critique of God. His logic is perfect. Ours is flawed. So therefore, when we go to apply our logic to his, it kind of like doesn't look very normal to us it doesn't look like oh i guess that's how that's supposed to go uh we look through that glass darkly as exactly says. i well, mean i can't begin to tell you how many scriptures are starting to make so much more sense now that i'm in the position that i've been in. oh sure 
I, I'm sure it is because you can suddenly, you know, you're being given insight to see into things from a position that, thank God for this, most of us don't get into. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, we, yes, I praise God that nobody is on the uh, the uh, weight loss program that I've been on. <laughs> I, I laugh about yeah. that. I'm like, yeah, I've lost about 100 pounds, but I wouldn't wish it on anybody. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not this way. Um, not this way, yeah. Yeah, any other any other way. But yeah, it, Christians kind of get lazy in there. They forget that God is in control. In the United States, Christians tend to think of America as this unassailable fortress uh, with God's favor. Sort of the way the uh, Jews felt in the first century. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we're the promised chosen people. God sent us into the land of milk and honey, and that's us. And, you know, we're the, we're the top dogs. And, well, they forget that, no, God owns all the cattle on a thousand hills, including the hills that he's sending you to. So you just better say, okay, God, show us what you want us to do. Yeah, and um, Americans think that America is always going to be, and it's always going to be what it is now. And uh, we, we might grow a little bit, but nothing will ever happen to the country. It'll never split. It'll never become another entity. Um, and, you know, when you think more deeply about that, you take a look at what Christianity grew out of. What did it grow out of? It grew out of the Roman Empire. Where that? Where's that these days? Uh, trying to make a comeback through, uh, through the, UK, the Ukraine, right? <laughs> yeah well sorry, sorry uh, i had to go there no you, you're not wrong um i know i know it's sad there is yeah you know, uh go if, ahead if you yeah if you don't mind i want to talk about one little thing here because it's it's one of these that i think illuminates the point i'm trying to make about our logic okay as you said mike pence the former vp under trump who basically in order to get the VP, played dog and pony show and did all the tricks and the stupid pet tricks in order to get on the stage so he could yeah. be somebody. And as former governor of Indiana was somebody, came out Wednesday night basically saying, I'm stupid and I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> by, by, by talking about repealing a, p a piece of law that was put in place under President Trump to reduce recidivism and help people get back to their families after incarceration, after running afoul of the government's book of 10 million laws that yes. you, that everybody's a criminal under at, at some point in your life. Don't, don't kid yourself. You will be there too. But now he's saying, oh, I'm going to repeal that because, well, we need to get tougher on crime. When a Republican starts saying they want to get tougher on crime, that means they have nothing in their kit. Zero. They have, they the have quiver zero. is empty. Yes, the, the quiver, quiver is, empty. is empty, and they are just demagoguing in order because everybody doesn't want crime. Everybody wants to be tough on crime. Everybody wants to be tough on criminals. How about you be more compassionate to human beings? Yes, that's right. And you know, uh, so, uh, and these are the kind. These are the kind of policy decisions that a person who really can't think his way out of a brown a wet paper bag is using you know it's all look you can feel good about me because i'm going to come out and protect you it's like 
give it up, Pence. You don't, you can't protect anybody, okay? You're not even serious about your own faith. You know, you need to start looking at what God says. Yeah, this is a man, a professed Christian. Uh, yes. Who, by the way, his Indiana track record is terrible on that. On everything. On, on that everything. aspect. Uh, he, he folded like a bad hand of cards on protecting marriage. Yes, in exactly. You know, he exactly. folded to the corporate entities who were writing him campaign checks. It's like, so folks, when you see these people, and, and you know, and Donald Trump's part of it too. You know, Donald Trump, it doesn't walk on water. He's not the third person of the Trinity. Uh, nobody's ever said that, uh, at least not between Chuck and I. You know, we kind of understand that these people are, you know, they will say what they need to say in order to get where they want to go. And that is just basic human nature, uh, racked by its own sin and refusing to bow the knee and stop being in rebellion to God. And this is where we need to be much more precise in our logic and think about these things and say, if I, again, if I do what this politician is asking me to do or I refrain from doing what they're asking me to refrain from doing, how does it benefit them? Right. And, this, and this is the perfect example. And when this popped up, I can tell you, Chuck, my anger might not be righteous, but I'm angry. It's good to be angry, uh, especially at the, the junk, the absolute junk coming out of these presidential things. I'm, I'm glad you worked back to this because, uh, for instance, now Mike Pence, who's all worried about getting tough on crime, also wants to ramp up aid in a war we should have nothing to do with, and that is he wants to uh, make sure that Ukrainians continue to get arms and, and material. Right. In, in this old, basically, the Cold War Cold War strategy of oppose Russia, when in fact, there are a lot of reasons why Russia is upset. I'm not coming down on the side of Russia. Frankly, I think both of these countries, Ukraine and Russia, are two of the most corrupt regimes in Europe and uh, very close to it in Asia at this point. And that being said, why should we continue to support a war? What, uh, look, if they want to continue right. this war, the Russians are already cleaning out their tank museums to get tanks. And the Ukrainians are doing stupid things like sending assassination drones to Moscow to try to to try to kill Putin in his in his palace, even though he lives in some kind of underground bunker, apparently. Uh, so it wouldn't be very successful. Why why are our presidential candidates lining up to a warmonger? in an ongoing conflict in which essentially one of the main issues is that the West is attempting to put a wedge into the guts of Russia in the form of NATO through the Ukraine. I mean, the way the Russians look at it, uh, it was bad enough when Poland joined NATO and it was, and it's pretty terrible when Finland who used to be part of Russia joined nato and now ukraine which they consider uh in their sphere of influence is talking about joining nato uh you can see how R uh, russia may feel a little threatened especially if you look at a map 
Yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, uh, bringing those countries into NATO w- with the the Cold War mentality that Russia is the enemy. Um, is Russia a rival? Absolutely it is. Of course. Is it an enemy? No. Well, no, it's not. It's a trading partner. Right. Sure. Um, it's a, uh, um, it's problematic to be sure. And yet what people forget is that Vladimir Putin is a democratically elected president of Russia. Unlike Zelensky, who sees power in a coup. So here we are. Uh, I can tell you that that you've got real guys really, 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 really out there uh, on the Republican side, r- saber rattling, uh, for instance, Lindsey Graham, who he's feckless. He, he really doesn't know what's going on. All he knows is that when he's telling Zelensky that uh, Russians being killed by Ukrainians is finally a good thing, we have a problem on our hands. And when we have people like Mike Pence, Mike is not as aggressive as, uh, say, uh, Chris Christie. Christie's uh, a a full-on warmonger. Let's get the CIA out there to get agents in there and undermine and blah, 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 blah. Look, some of these guys, I'll be quite honest, I look at this list, and some of these names are people I'm vaguely familiar with. I can tell you that Doug Burgum, I've heard of maybe once. Maybe once. And that's about all you're going to hear of him now, because honestly, a lot of these folks who are, quote-unquote, jumping in to be your president are actually jumping in to practice uh, what they're going to say to the eventual presidential real candidate, nominee. Yeah. the real nominee, who will be Trump, and basically trying to get him to take pay attention to him. Yeah. Hey, you know, make make me your BP. Well, I know three or four people that that's not going to happen to at all. Well, you know, Mike Pence you know, being one. Mike Pence being number <laughs> one with a bullet. Nikki Haley uh, will, will not will not get the that nod. Yeah, DeSantis will not either. No, he will not get the nod. Yep, probably uh, right now, uh, and well, Chris Christie obviously won't get the nod. No, you, you know Christie's problem with Trump is that he went and begged him for a cabinet position in in uh, seventeen. Trump laughed. Well, of course he did. I mean, you know the the nerve of somebody. I, you know, I don't think you're fit for president, but oh, since you won the nomination. Now you're so fit. I want to be. I want to be your number two. Yeah, exactly. And and I'll be quite honest. Vivek Ramaswamy, he's not running for VP. No, he's just running to get ideas out there. Partly, and he's all yeah. He wants to influence the field, and also he would he would like to be uh uh catch lightning in a bottle like Trump did. Uh, yeah, but. He would I don't not think that, I don't think that's going to happen. No, he would not take second place. Uh, just uh, based no. on what I've seen of his personality, he's not interested in second fiddle in a you know cutting ribbons and uh, being dispatched to. By the way, can you imagine a president who didn't go our number one ally, uh, and you can uh, for good or bad is Britain. 
Yeah. And who who did Biden send to England to represent us for the coronation? He oh, sent, he sent Kamala, Kamala Harris. Yeah. yeah. The president of the United States for a new king of England should have gone himself. Yeah, considering the fact that the previous monarch of England sat on the throne for 70 years. It's like, okay, guys, this is pretty important. Yeah. You know, you, you really have, you know, whether you like Charles III or not, uh, anybody's best guess, because he is, uh, what, a Buddhist or Hindu uh, in, his, in his faith yeah, practice application. Which means he's, which means he's not a person who believes in absolute truth and law. He he believes in a, a fantasy, a fairy tale known known as Hinduism. And you know, if you want to say I'm being religiously intolerant, then go right ahead, because there is only one God, there is only one Christ, and it's only one way to get get to him. And so, don't kid yourself. But yeah, you know, you're right. You're right. You're the, they're making huge gaffes as it goes, which is the reason why, you know, Joe Biden does not have an open pathway to reelection at this point, not just because that he has to face a Republican, but that he's facing multiple Democrats. Uh, as a matter of fact, you know, Marianne Williamson, who's also way out there in her <laughs> spiritual journey, way out uh, there, announced a long time ago and it, you know, met with. Uh, the thunderous uh, yawn that it should have been met with. And so now we have, uh, well, a, what people are considering a real a challenger to him in Robert F. Kennedy Jr., the son of Robert F. Kennedy, the nephew of uh, Jack Kennedy, uh, JFK. It's RFK's, and, yeah, RFK's uh, son. RFK's so. son, yeah. yeah. And he's serious and he's in there. He's getting interviewed all over the place. Uh, the media can't keep their. He is the Donald Trump of the Democrat Party, and I don't. And I don't mean that because you know he he does. You know, if you listen to a lot of his campaign rhetoric, and even though I don't agree with him, you know, on life issues and on certain other key faith issues, he is running as a populist in the Democrat Party, and that is picking up at least twenty percent of the uh, polling that's coming out right now. Yeah, exactly. Nope. That's, that's not shocking either when you consider what he's running against. Right. He's Well, and he's running against the specter of, well, if uh, uh, Joe Biden can't make it because, you know, he's cognitively breaking down, you got Kamala Harris as the presumptive nominee. And, well, I think um, Robert F. Kennedy's poll numbers will go way up at that point. Oh, absolutely. I, I Look... Nobody wants Harris as, as president either. And her track record no. is so awful as the attorney general from uh, of California and then as in the Senate. It it it's uh, her her attorney general record is frightening. She was a uh, um she was essentially uh would go in and seize uh sporting weapons from people who had once taken an antidepressant. Right. That was one of the rules in California. Um, it's it's absurd, um, but nonetheless, uh, now her performance as senator was embarrassing, uh, and her performance as vice president uh, indicates that 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 
she had not yet reached the level of her incompetence. She is there now. Um, and some of the stupid things she's saying, they're basically keeping her away from the microphone. Uh, both the Biden campaign and her own people are keeping right. her from a microphone because they say, if you keep talking, you're going to talk yourself out of being the candidate that replaces Biden when he completely falls apart, which is in the offing. It's coming. Um, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be sprit bit surprised. Honestly, I would not shock me if we got our first real use of the 25th amendment. And if well, you know, which, which would be very historic. Yes. Yes. Uh, that's, that's when a president, uh, finds him. It's found that the president is incapable of, com, of, uh, of performing his duty. He's removed from office. Now. What's interesting about that is it's not necessarily permanent. It's for the duration of whatever is incapacitating the president. Uh, well, believe me, he, he's, he's got dementia. That's, that's a permanent condition at his age. Um, and, uh, now that means that Kamala will have to step in. And uh, honestly, we've jumped from frying pan to fire. Because Kamala doesn't care. Joe has this jealousy of his, of his uh, legacy, as you can see by all the, the lies, the absolute lies that he tells. His son killed in Afghanistan, blah, 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 blah. Uh, his son was not killed in Afghanistan. He, um, he died of cancer in a hospital uh, in the United States of America. His uncle, who won the Medal of Honor but never received it, uh, and his dad told him as president he needs to get out there and make sure his uncle gets his Medal of Honor. Neither one of these men have been alive for almost a decade. Right. Um, that's the kind of junk. I worked in the coal mines in, in Pennsylvania. No, you didn't. And that, it goes right back to... It, Look, there are those of us who are old enough to remember Joe Biden running for president in 1988. And he basically uh, was uh, forced to pull out of the race because it was discovered that he was uh, plagiarizing the speeches of a, of a uh, labor politician in Britain named Neil Kinnock. And, right. I, I'm familiar with that name. Yeah. Yeah. And he wasn't just sort of copying them and, and you know, uh, using the basic ideas. Verbatim, man. He was cutting the stuff verbatim and cutting and pasting and saying he was the one who had done these things. That's part of that thing where he said he worked in the coal mines and all that. I, I think at least Kinnick had at one point been a miner. Uh, Joe was not. Uh but this is the kind of thing that's that's upcoming. Now, we got off talking about the vice president. Look, how many of these guys are really running for VP? Ron DeSantis is not. He wants the top job. Of course he does, yes. Mike Pence thinks he's going to be worthy of the top job. Uh, he's not. And DeSantis has, uh, unfortunately, uh, while he's done a number of good things in Florida, I will give him kudos for what he's done in Florida. He's done great things. He plays ball 
way too easily with some of the bad players, some of the GOPE. Uh, for instance, when he was getting ready to announce, who did he go hook up with? He went and hooked up with uh, Sununu up in New Hampshire. Right, which is which is a tie to the Bush family. Yeah, and not, uh, you know uh, he he hooks up with these rhinos uh, who he thinks can help him. Well, what does that say? What promises are being made to the rhinos? That's a Republican in name only rhino. What's he promising to the rhinos to get their support? Why oh, uh, cabinet positions? Yes, uh, the ability to the, the ability to control the levers. Yeah, it's like I'll put it on autopilot for you guys to do what you want. Certain areas, yeah. What he's saying basically is, right now he's in a catbird seat because all those people are so Trump deranged that they will do anything to get to to block him from the nomination. Okay, the right. Lindsey Graham's, the uh, um, the Mitch McConnell's. Those guys, uh, the Sununu in New Hampshire, a lot of the governors, uh, Mike uh, Mike DeWine would be a governor that would do anything to block Trump from being president of the United States. Okay. Yep. And and what that means is they're not fire. They're not thinking rationally. Totally. So don't kid yourself. DeSantis is smart, and he's using that. So he's willing to make these deals with people because they're willing to make deals with him. He yep. might not be their ideal. John Kasich would be their ideal. A Chris Christie would be their ideal. A Nikki Haley would be their ideal. Right? This is true. Yep, this is true. But Ron DeSantis has the, mo the big mo. And they're pretty sure he can beat Trump. I think they're wrong, but they're uh, considering in Iowa, I think Trump Trump leads him by twenty. Last time I looked, yeah, maybe more at this point. So okay, going down the list. Okay, so DeSantis wants the top job for sure, and so does Pence. Right. Um, Doug Burgum, he's running for VP. Exactly. He knows that from north from his little little uh state that has uh, i forget how what the population of north carolina or of north dakota is around a million uh, i'd have to look it up uh yeah it's 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 smaller than some of the cities in ohio yeah it's small and it's not really all that influential so he's running for vp why because if he makes it into vp he has a leg up when it comes time to run for president later all right Yep, exactly. Yeah, again, you have to think in terms of these triangulations and these and these these strategies. Okay, Chris Christie, he's running for the top spot. He does not want to be VP, although he might take it. But I, I, if he doesn't get the nomination, you know, he's got the same kind of ego problem that that John Kasich has. Well, I'm the adult in the room. Everybody should be for me. I, if you'll recall during the, those debates in six and, uh, um, in 2016, um, he was an embarrassment. Seriously. And then coming out, oh, absolutely, the, yeah. the, the things that he would say, and he'd get 2% of the vote, 1% of the vote.
And he didn't even pull 50% in the Ohio primary. He did win. He won a plurality of votes in the Ohio primary. This is true. But he did not win a majority. I think he got 45%. What does that say about even Ohioans? No, no thanks. Yeah, no thanks. That's right. Now, Now, again, Asa Hutchinson... Uh, he's running for, running yeah, for second fiddle, probably, but yeah. he, he's a Kasich type. He's a liberal. He tried to put on some conservative clothes, but he's, he's a deeply liberal and he's a, he's a rhino and a, and a GOP establishment guy, you know, pro-abortion. And by the way, a lot of these guys are fighting over how, how they're going to abandon the abortion issue. They want away from it. They think it lost them the the, the midterms in in uh, twenty, and it may have. And to in which case is it, if that's the price, then that's the price. Um, be, uh, be basically because what the uh, the left did was went out and and rabble roused on college campuses and said, "Do you understand what they're doing? They're taking away your your right to murder your infant." Well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You don't have that right. That is what we're doing. You don't have that right. That's not a right. There's no such thing as a right there. Rights are God-given, and he has not given the right to murder infants. Well, and And that leads to the last thing I wanted to talk about, which is on August the 8th this year, we're going to have an election in Ohio. There's going to be an issue on the ballot that basically says we want to raise the threshold or getting a change to the Ohio Constitution from a 50% of the vote plus one vote to change our Constitution to a minimum of 60%. Now, the leftist, progressive Democrat, baby-killing, pro-LGBTQIA, blah, 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 uh, they, they are all opposed to this. The ACLU, oh, you're taking away a person's one, one vote. And it's like, no, you're not. They're no. still getting their vote. But, it, but their vote has to be aggregated in a different way. This is a great piece. Uh, we, we are advocating a yes vote for that, uh, along with others, because this is really about stopping the full-on onslaught of abortion on demand and all nine months in Ohio and the taking away of parental rights over children who are getting mutilated by these profit-seeking uh, hospitals and uh, gender clinics to change people's perception of who they are and trying to undercut God's law. So we are advocating that the churches get step it up, get your people out, let's make this vote the biggest vote Ohio has ever seen. I would love to see this thing pass with about 90% of the vote. I know that that's unrealistic in our <laughs> current environment, so... You know, laugh at me all you want to. But this is, if you don't think voting is important, you are asleep, you know, and you need to wake up. Yeah. You know, this is the only time I'm going to say, get woke, people, because this is the woke that we need to have. Well, this is the woke the church needs to have. We need to say, God, yes, we will follow you. We will understand what you're doing with this. And we will come out and be faithful. Yes. Um, well, more re- uh, 
just be awakened uh, at the very avoid, least to avoid confusion be awakened this is this is a pivotal uh thing this is protection for uh, Barry and I have been quite candid there would be no gambling if we'd had this uh when the gambling amendment was on the on that's the, right there would be no gambling because I think they only got 53% of the vote. Something like That's that. right. Exactly. It, it, we would not have had all this uh, insanity around gambling and people losing their homes and their livelihoods because, you know, they they have a sickness that the uh, outside influences ex exploited in order to basically create financial bases for themselves. Right. And, uh, people, uh, getting uh, killing spouses for insurance money and all that kind of thing because of gambling debts. Um, and if you don't think that's happening, pick up, go look, go look in the news, go do a dive. There's all kinds of stuff like that going on. Well, look, it, it's a, uh, um, this was predicted by us. If you're, you, Oh yes. You know that we, as we, you know, the Institute for Principled Policy, when we first started getting really net savvy in things, we put out a whole bunch of stuff on our position on gambling. Because at the time, every time there was an election, they ran a the gambling amendment and it would fail and they'd run it again and it would fail and they'd run it again and it would fail and they'd run it again and it would fail. And they, they finally dumped so much. And by they, I mean the industry. Right. Um, and honestly violated a major tenet in, in, in the way the constitutional amendments were supposed to be constructed. They actually named the companies that were allowed to run casinos in Ohio in the yep. amendment. Yep. Which is, well, essentially, it's fascism because what's happening is Ohio now Ohio allowed certain companies to compete, but not all companies to compete. Okay, that's fascism. It's it's choosing winners and losers, um, and already some of those companies have been either absorbed or gone out of business. Um. And so I'm not sure how they're getting around that constitutional, uh, unless those entities are absorbed into another entity. Um, that's one of the crazy things that came to my mind. How are, how are you getting around the fact that those companies are named by name in the amendment? You know, I, I would have assumed that that would have created something of a problem. It does create something of a problem because, when they change, when they go change your name, you have to change the constitution in order to catch up. Yeah, and how would you do that? You can't. You can't. It's not a simple matter. To we're just going to change the wording of the constitution. No, you have to go through a legislative process uh, that is complex, to say the least, complex yep. and difficult. Um, as we know, are well aware with the whole marriage amendment thing. Which, by the way, we beat the 60% threshold on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. When we did the marriage amendment, we got 62%. So, uh, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, what's the date again? August? August the 8th is going to be the special election. 
Uh, early voting opens July the 11th. So it, you can live in-person vote, go to your county board of elections and ask for a ballot and vote it early. Get those, get those early votes in and then you can go out and help other people get them to the polls, you know, or get, the, get, the, get their absentee ballots filled out. And let's, let's make this one that the church wins. That's yeah. what we want to see. Yeah. Let's make this one that the church steps up and does the faithful work of being a steward of God. Yeah, and again, I, we will say right up front, it's only partially related to what the uh, the votes are for the uh, mutilation of uh, legalization of the mutilation of children, uh, even without their parents' consent, and uh, the uh, permanent placement of abortion in the Ohio Constitution. That is what would happen. If uh, possibly not, not necessarily, but possibly if we kept the threshold at 50%, the whole purpose behind it is it should require 60% or more, probably 60% is a good place. 60 or 67% would be where I, that's a two thirds. Yeah. I'd like to see it be about 70. Uh, well, yeah. Uh, and I think, and I think that if the church, you know, and the leadership and the churches and God bless all of the pastors, all of the elders, all of the board members who are working to make sure that, you know, the God's word is getting uh, disseminated among the people. Uh, you guys are doing incredible work, and we're just asking you to help your congregation see that God is in control of even the political realm. You know, Romans 13 is alive and breathing and kicking exactly exactly and that, that we need to protect our constitution absolutely god and, god has given us the stewardship of you know in this plot of land that he owns he's allowed us to have dominion he's allowed us to uh you know, operate and as as the, as the scripture says in uh, matthew 28 occupy until i come that's right. Occupy, occupy is a military term, folks. It, it is the, it's the term of hold the ground, and when the leader gets there, you can present the ground to them, even and though they already own it. Th this is exactly why Barry and I oppose uh, a federal constitutional convention. Exactly. Because once a convention is called and we keep reiterating this and reiterating this and we will reiterate it until our gums bleed and our, and our, uh, you know, we're deaf from, from talking about it. The fact is that you open a constitutional convention in the current, uh, societal milieu, if you will. Yes. Uh, you will completely destroy the fabric of our federal Republic. It's already and, deeply damaged. And nobody wants that. Trust and me. Nobody really no, Folks, you do not want a constitutional convention. You're being sold a bill of goods that the conservatives will be in control of it. No, they will not. Because the first thing that will happen is the liberals will work double overtime to make sure that they are in control of the apparatus. Yep. There are groups out there that are holding mock conventions about how they can do this and that and another thing. Believe me, they're practicing up 
to take control of the convention so that um, th they will be in charge and will run the agenda. And, you know, uh, uh, the big argument is that we're only looking for a balanced budget amendment or I'm trying to think what it is now. It's not a balanced budget amendment this time. It's something else. Term uh, limits. Term limits. Term limits. Well, first of all, term limits have been an absolute disaster where they're tried. Ohio being one place. Yep. Yeah, that's um, true. Uh, it, they are an absolute disaster here. And they're a disaster precisely because what it what those term limits did was put the parties in control of the candidacies. In other words, if you got an absolute an, a true conservative, you you got, put the cart you put the cart directly in front of the horse. That's exactly right. You get a candidate who is actually a true conservative, who who gets in a, in an office in a district. He's he can only keep that seat for what is it eight years for reps and and you know, on eight years on either side yeah. eight years either side they can only keep that seat for that long the parties make sure that their their cronies their bad players when their eight years is up in one house they either go to the other house or they get a cabinet position they get a a, a prominent appointment to a a, a uh, a fundraising group that is oh, uh, yeah. constantly in the news. It, you name it. They get a, the conservatives get broomed out and they have to fight their way back in, raise their own money, um, deal with the, uh, the underhanded dirty tricks of the, of the both parties. But the Ohio Republican party is really bad about this. Really, 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 really bad. Um, doing things that are just completely unsavory and, and, and illegal, actually. It violates their own rules. Uh, for instance, the, uh, uh, the state com central committee endorsing candidates um, in primaries, it's forbidden in their rules flat out, but they do it. Why? Because mm -hmm. they know who they want in the office. And conservatives need not apply. Right, exactly. They want John is, Kasich clones. Which is the reason why when a conservative wins an office, they have such a hard time finding staff uh, of, of being, you know, feeling like that the, the people who are working underneath of them are going to carry out the required orders that they need. Um, because, you know, it's you have to build a farm team. And for so long, conservatives have basically let the liberals, the rhinos, build the farm team. That's right. And, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, folks, if, if you are conservatively minded, get out there and run for central committee, get out there and run for precinct committeemen, get out there and run for those offices. Uh, you'll, you, it, I would warn you to take things that'll keep your stomach settled when you go to the meetings, <laughs> because this, you, this you, true. you will be nauseated by what goes on. You will be, obviously. But nonetheless. I've, I've, I've been in a lot of those meetings. You're right. Yeah. Okay. We are out of time. I um, figured we would be. Yeah. You know what we think. We want to know what you think. www.principledpolicy.com. That's principledpolicy.com. And oh, by the way, we have a Facebook page. Not all that exciting, but we do post our uh, um 
We do post our show on our Facebook page, a link to our show. And every once in a while, we'll write something and put it up on the on the Facebook page. But you can find us on Facebook, uh, Institute for Principal Policy. So Indeed. that being said, uh, join us again next week for another Principles and Policies. <laughs>